0: hello my name is tracy Panic. i'm the historian at levi strauss and company and you're listening to the denim hunters podcast
1: welcome to the denim hunters podcast my name is thomas and i'm your host Whether denim is your passion or your profession, or maybe both, this is the podcast for you. Denim Hunters is a blog-turned-consultancy platform. We direct denim business through insights, creativity, and action. If you have a denim business and you'd like to know more about how we can help you grow it, go to denimhunters.com forward slash work. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate that you're listening. And I have a small favor to ask of you to help me grow this podcast. Would you share it with five denim heads you know? Ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are also more than welcome. And don't forget to subscribe to get notified when new episodes come out. All right, we're almost ready to get to the interview. But first, here's the FAQ of this episode. So, Tracy, uh, what are some of the most frequently asked questions that you get?
0: I uh, am usually asked. I usually will get uh, questions from people who have found a pair of Levi's. Uh, they want to know uh, the age that they come from. So I'll share. Uh, I'll share a recent um, inquiry I got today from Germany. Uh, someone found a pair of orange tab. Levi's from their grandmother's basement. They had a big, a big E on the orange tab. And it was very easy for me to be able to say these date between 1969, uh, when we introduced orange tab and 71, because they still have the big E. So, uh, the age of Levi's is probably the most frequently asked question, but I will get everything from, uh, can you help me to verify the, um, authenticity of a pair of Levi's or take a look at this 1800s photograph this is something i got this week take a look at this 1800s photograph from the civil war and tell me if this is a pair of riveted overalls that levi's would have produced Um, that was an interesting question but it was pretty easy for me to uh, say no they aren't sadly even though those are denim cuff pants that i can see in your photo if the photo was from 1869 it would have been before uh Mm. when our our first riveted overalls were produced in, in 1873
1: If you have a question that you'd like me to answer or ask my guest in a future episode, you can submit it at denimhunters.com forward slash questions. You can send it in as text, which I'll then read out, or you can record it as audio, which we can then play back on the podcast. Just remember to state your name and your Instagram username. So um, Tracy, I've been looking so much forward to this. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast here. Thank um, you. Me too. Yeah. So um, and and the historian at the at Levi Strauss. So so that means that you are in charge of the archive that you have uh, there. So we're going to talk about vintage denim and uh, what it is that you do. But before we get into that, um, I, I think let's uh, get to know you a little bit better, uh, and and for the listeners to know who is Tracy. So let's start with some of the basics here, like uh, what it is. I mean, your your name, what you do, where you live, uh, where you're from, and sort of all the basic stuff.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So I, uh, Tracy Panic. I, I work as the historian uh, at, at Levi Strauss and Company in San Francisco, and uh, I've been uh, with the company for about six years. Uh, I, this is my third job as a historian for <clears throat> for a company in San Francisco, uh, which is my expertise. I've always been a fan of, of Levi's and uh, and grew up wearing 501s. Uh, so, it's a pleasure to be at a company with a rich history that I know about. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to, to be at a place where I can chronicle and tell the story of a very iconic American brand.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so you've always been a historian you said and and is that also what you studied at school when, when it you is yeah yeah
0: yeah so i uh, i actually came to the san francisco bay area to 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 go to school at uh, uc berkeley studying history and then ended up uh later going to uh, get my master's degree in in history and uh it, after coming out, finishing up my degree, knew that I wanted to do something, but not the traditional teaching in history. Uh, and uh, I actually saw a an, an archivist for Hewlett Packard speaking at a conference, and uh, said that's 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 what I want to do. She mm-hmm. did a lot of different things in addition to taking care of the the collection and the archives that the company had, but uh, dealt with. Uh, with the history of a very interesting, uh, brand. And, and that's how I got into it.
1: But, but I mean, what, what is it that draw that drew you in with that? I mean, taking care of, you know, artifacts and, and, and parts of the company history, I mean, for any company, what, what, what excited you about that?
0: Well, I think it really goes back to, to what I, what I remember growing up. Uh, I immigrated to America with my, with my mom and sister when we were very young uh, from New Zealand and my mother would often tell us stories i remember sitting around the dinner table and she tell, she would tell us about uh, her life growing up and i learned to love stories i think that really inspired this interest in history and that's what i, I ended up studying so part of what i love about history and what draws me to uh, to the history of levi's and other uh, other brands is just knowing uh, where they can- come from, the personal stories related to it. Uh, all of that's tied to what I really, what I really love, and what makes denim unique because it has this ability to capture personal stories.
1: Right, right. So, so, and and then not to dwell too much on on what you did before Levi's, but the other companies you work for. Did they have the same story as well? I mean or is it is it unique to Gene really?
0: <laughs> it it's it's unique. So I uh I started in the cell phone industry uh for a company that that launched cellular service uh, here in California at the 1984 Olympics. And then I went from there to uh, AAA, the American Automobile Association, which, uh, which began in San Francisco in 1900, and then moved over to, to Levi Strauss. So they all had a common thread of San Francisco and the history, but very different moving from cell phones and cars to clothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean um, – Let's talk about jeans then, and, but let's talk about your jeans before we get to those old Levi's jeans that you work with, because, um, you told me that you, I mean, and you just said that you, you, you grew up wearing 501s. Uh, do you mm-hmm. remember your very first jeans?
0: I, I remember, well, of course I grew up in blue jeans, living in the, in, in the American West. That's, that's what we always wore. I had three sisters and a little brother and, uh, I, I wore everything from straight legs to, to bell bottoms, but the five Oh ones that I remember my first pair getting, uh, was in high school. And I remember them, uh, this was back in the eighties. Uh, and they had, they, they came Levi's came out with five Oh ones for women in the eighties. And that's when I got mine, they were shrink to fit. So it was raw denim. And I remember buying them, uh, washing them several times until, uh, they would, you know, fit me just right. And, uh, they were what i wore and my sisters and i always wanted to have in our closet so i i've had a love of levi's 501s and the levi's brand since wearing them mm-hmm. way back then in the 80s
1: so it's not just because you work there now that you say this i mean it correct
0: <laughs> yeah and you know we i think and what one of the things i love about levi's is is uh, i meet people and most people have a levi's story and Uh, and and they're usually an interesting early story related to their first pair or something like that and that's certain that certainly was the case for me so I began working uh, at the company much later in my adult life but had grown up in Levi's knew the brand uh, had knew of its origins and so I had a familiarity with it and a love before even coming to the company
1: right right so you you started working there you just told me before we got on uh it's almost six years ago to the date now um it was Correct. on your 30th anniversary wedding anniversary that you started working there
0: yes it, w- yeah. it was september uh, September. No, it was June, June the 2nd. Uh, and and that's why I won't forget the date. So 2014 is uh, when I started and uh, it was my 30th wedding anniversary. So my husband came and picked me up right after work and we went out to, to celebrate our anniversary and, and my first day. So yeah, it's been six six years. Amazing how time has flown in, in the time that I've been working at, at Levi's.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so let's talk about what is it that you do uh, I mean, it, it's it's called the Levi's Archives, or is that just what it's like commonly called? I mean, is that the correct name of it even?
0: Well, the company is Levi Strauss and Company. So officially, I'm the historian for Levi Strauss and Company, and one of my many duties is to manage the uh, Levi Strauss and Company archives. Uh, the Levi's brand, which is uh, and most people know us for our brand, is uh, it, it can be refer to that in short, but it's it's really an archives, um, a, a repository for the items that the company, Levi Strauss and Company uh, created over time. So everything from uh, early uh, letters that were signed by Levi Strauss himself, the founder, to our, our garments, the oldest pair of blue jeans in the world, uh, to the, the latest some of the latest collaborations. That we've done, uh, the that is encompassed in in the archives, and and it, it includes everything in between. So advertising, photographs, anything that helps the uh, that helps Levi's and Levi Strauss, the company, uh, document and chronicle the story.
1: Yeah. So so that was probably what I was going to ask next. I mean, the purpose of having this archive. Could you maybe elaborate a bit on that? I mean, why? Yeah. Because it, it must be. I mean, yeah, it, it must require quite a lot of work what do you do uh-
0: it does a part of what uh, what we are proud of uh, at, at Levi's and as the Levi's brand is our authenticity and what we mean by that is is we can literally in many cases go back and and document when things began so when we say we created the oldest pair of blue jeans in the world we we have not only a patent but we have uh, pairs of 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 our riveted overalls from the 1870s, we have uh, the all the related documents that are associated with that. So, being able to be authentic and remain authentic means that we can verify it and go to those original sources to be able to tell, uh, to be able to document and, and actually. Uh, refer back to the story. So I do a lot of fact checking. Um, I confirm that but what we're telling is, in fact, accurate.
1: But how do you know? Because, I mean, I guess a big part of the Levi story is the earthquake in 1906, right? And in the following fires and, and all of that and everything. Uh, well, I guess most of it was lost, right? So you actually, you, I guess you've had to rebuild some of what was lost and, and go out and find old genes and, and, uh, find documents elsewhere. So, I mean, isn't, and, and this is created, I mean, I, it's just at least the way I see it, a lot of myths around genes in general, and, and of course about Levi's. Um, so, so my question, you know, how do you know, how do you know that something is correct?
0: Well, that's the reason for the archives. Uh, if we can confirm it through documents, if we can, uh, well, let's let's say this. Uh, a, a great example is um, you mentioned myths and how do we how do we how do and and how do we uh, get away from from those stories? And the company actually, Levi Strauss and Company was actually uh, did shared some of those myths early on Uh, one -hmm. of them um is that a lot of our advertising for a period of time said since 1850 Mm -hmm. uh and what what we discovered is that uh is that Levi himself didn't arrive in San Francisco until 1853. That was after our first historian was hired and was able to uh, to come up with the documentation on his immigration, uh, find out that information so that we could then say, uh, "Listen, this <laughs> this is this is the story," and make sure that we could then uh, tell it accurately. So that's that's the reason for the the archives, uh, to be able to to be able to go back and, and reference those materials that help us accurately tell the story. And they're also a source of inspiration. The, the largest part of the archives is the garment collection. Uh, it is the the best collection of, of Levi's vintage clothing in in the world, as you can imagine. And uh, we still draw from it today to uh, create pieces that are inspired by some of the earliest that are in the collection. Hmm.
1: Hmm. So, yes. So so that was also something I I wanted to ask about, you know, the, the, what, what you can do with it. So, so, I mean, could you maybe drawing inspiration, that means that designers will come to the archive, right. And, 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 you know, go through it with you even, or how does it work?
0: Yeah, it, it can be in person uh, when uh, when we can be in, when we can be in person. Yes, it, it can yeah, be coming yeah. and looking at the pieces. But one of the things that I did uh, probably my my biggest challenge when I was hired was to bring the collection into the 21st century uh, to to digitize it, uh, and and that meant that taking thousands of garments and other documents and uh, photographing them or scanning them so that we could create a digital tool that employees and designers could look at anywhere all over the world, which hadn't been the case before. Uh, that was something I did in my first year. It was a massive job. We actually created an in-house uh, photo studio, uh, spent um, uh, almost a month photographing the front and back and details of uh, of our jeans and our overalls uh, and creating what we call the virtual vault. It's our digital tool. We have a museum. It's called the vault, a small museum in our headquarters. And, and then This tool, uh, this digital tool, uh, is the virtual vault where uh, we can look at photographs or images from the archives, even uh, without being there in person.
1: So, how do I get access to that digital vault?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you need to come and get a job with us, and then you You can do that.
1: Yeah, so like I told you before we got on, I actually, I, I actually visited the vault, the the physical one, uh, nice. seven years ago when I was in San Francisco on my honeymoon. So, so, uh, and I got to see some of it. I, I guess that's where that's where most of the teams are, or are they elsewhere as well? You know, are they yeah. spread around?
0: Well, uh, so you were there seven years ago. It's it's pretty similar to what it used to be. We've we've renovated a bit since since then, but we're we're at the headquarters, as you say. So if you were to come into Levi's Plaza, which is the name of our our headquarters in San Francisco, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you come into our open atrium area, you take an immediate right. That's the Vault Museum, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's free. People can come in and look at garments from the collection they can look at uh, images uh, there's a wall the uh, we call it the 501 evolution wall where uh, where we've blown up uh, some of the 501s from our collection you can see how they've evolved over time so yes the uh, the bulk of the vintage collection is on site yes so you saw uh, you you probably saw what's still there and that is our our uh, beautiful blue fireproof safe yeah yeah, keep, yeah yeah we keep some of the um the oldest pieces in our archives. Uh, so the, the bulk of the vintage Levi's collection is on site. Uh, and because as there is limited space, we also have things that are off site, and, and that includes, uh, two cars that we have in the collection, uh, mm. a, a gremlin, uh, a Levi's branded gremlin from the seventies and there's a Jeep that's in there. So obviously that can't fit in the space and there's other pieces as well, but, uh, yeah, what you saw is is uh, probably the, the most important parts of the archives are right there in the space mm. at our headquarters. Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember, you know, that you had to wear white gloves to... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and afterwards, it sort of struck me that, you know, these jeans are 100 years old. Do they really, I mean, do they, can I damage them without, if I don't wear gloves or is it, you know, can, can I really...
0: So here's here's the thing, and and it's a good question, Thomas. Uh, we actually have a conservation area now uh, in that space. So uh, when we get a pair that comes in, we'll we'll wash them. So mm-hmm. the process is usually, and we just got a pair from. Uh, the Yukon territory at the beginning of the year, uh, Klondike 201, we call them. We wash them in our, uh, our little conservation space over there and, uh, then let them dry out. Once they've gone through that, that washing, they're ready for us to put into the archives. And that's when the gloves become, become all important. And, uh, we expect them to continue to last, but, one of the ways that we do that is by making sure that we handle them uh, without. We, we pull out a lot of them frequently, and to mm-hmm. make sure that they're that they're being properly cared for, we put the gloves on. The other thing that it does, that, Thomas, I think, is it helps us to uh, to. Uh, keep the attitude of these are important. We're going to make sure yeah. they last. And all of us get to have that experience when, when people and visitors like yourself uh, come into the archives, uh, they get to put on the, the gloves as well and handle them uh, as appropriately as we think they should, because they, uh, they document not, and they, they tell the story, not just of, of the Levi's uh, history, but really of um, an apparel uh, innovation that, that changed, that really revolutionized garments uh, all over the globe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it's like, you know, a doctor wearing a, a you know, a white uh, coat, <laughs> right? It, it's sort of like you get the experience that yeah. so that's p- part of it too. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> we do have
0: a white jacket too. So if you come by, you can get a white jacket <laughs> and, and gloves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, well, So, so, so how many, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if you can even disclose, but how many items is there?
0: Well, we have, we have thousands, uh, Tens of thousands of things. the The bulk is is garments, as I've mentioned, but mm-hmm. um, but we have photographs, we have advertising pieces, letters, correspondence, a, a terrific catalog collection, uh, and uh, we don't. It's certainly not comprehensive. You mentioned, and this is absolutely true, that the 1906 earthquake and fire destroyed a lot of the the company's uh, materials that we've had to rebuild. But mm-hmm. there are thousands. Of, of things, and in our virtual uh, vault, as we call it, that digital collection, we probably have about one hundred and fifty thousand digital items uh, mm. in there. So that'll give you an idea of the scope.
1: Wow, wow, and and then okay, let's talk about some some of of the old genes then, because uh, <laughs> I I have tons of questions for, about this. But first of all, you know, um, I'm curious. How, where does all this stuff come from you know and and how do you get it uh, so so what's like I, I know that you come from various places and and i know some of the you know most uh, popular stories i guess the, the uh, ones about um the calico jeans, for instance or some of the some of those stories right yeah. but where would where would you like normally get it from
0: well, uh, Thomas, they come from all over the place, and it's part of what I do. I'm, I'm always uh, on the lookout. Uh, it can be eBay, it can be an auction house, it can be uh, a tip that I get from someone. Uh, sometimes I seek after things. So I'll maybe to to give you a, a sense of it. Maybe I can share uh, two examples. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got I got a, a tip off. It was a, a photograph uh, in an email from an employee down in the Southwest who said uh, sent a picture of a photograph of this beautiful uh, Levi's jacket. It was totally worn and kind of shredded. And uh, it was amazing. They wanted to know if we wanted it for the archives, but I was more interested in the jacket itself. Uh, so what I did is, uh, it took me quite a while, but I had to track down the artist, who then put me in touch with the, with the person who owned the jacket. He turned out to be a... A professional bull rider, uh, now retired, who was living in in a remote area in uh, in northern New Mexico. And it was difficult to get in touch with him because he didn't even have a regular phone. And the neighbor would come over and <laughs> say, uh, uh, so-and-so wants to get in touch with you. And we had to schedule a time. It took several months, but it was well worth it. Um, I finally uh, convinced him to, um, to send us his Jacket that he wore, his Levi's jacket that he wore during the time that he was uh, when he rode on the bulls. There are blood stains on it from when he would wipe himself off after he would get on a ride. There's still a little bit of straw that comes out of uh, that's coming out of the, the sleeve opening, and uh, that that's one piece that we didn't wash because we wanted to, to, to keep all Mm -hmm. of that, but, but that was, um, yeah, that, that's kind of an example of kind of looking for and seeking something out. Uh, sometimes it's as easy as, as getting things on an auction, but what, what I have come to find is, is that, or discover is that you never know when something will pop up. Uh, and, um, I've got a a couple of pieces that are coming in, uh, actually being shipped to my home because as I'm sheltering in place um, and not able to go to my office, I'm I'm going to collect it here. But uh, that's that's one story, um, and I could share a dozen others. But they they come from all over the place, and that's kind of the magic and the and the fun of it.
1: Mm-hmm. So so is there so what are sort of the criteria for what you look for, really? Because mm-hmm. I, I assume you 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 won't accept anything uh, into the archive. Right. It, 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 so, so what, 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 what should it be?
0: Well, it's obviously gotta be a Levi's piece. And I say that, which sounds kind of obvious, but I've, I've had some uh, pieces come that are, um, that are early, but they're, uh, they're, they're not the Levi's brand. So it's gotta be a, a Levi's piece. Uh, it's gotta have an interesting story. Uh, the earlier, the better, of course, uh, and being able to know the, the provenance, where it came from, and, uh, and, and how it was discovered. All of those are elements that come into play, as well as what do we have in our archives already? What uh, could help us fill a gap uh, that we don't have? Uh, what's mm-hmm. something that's, that's interesting that we learn about this one that we didn't know already? So all of those come into play, each, uh, each piece which we select um on a case by case basis um you know is 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 something we make a judgment call on about whether it whether it's to come in, but you're right. we're absolutely selective about about the additions
1: yeah okay so 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 for instance, if we talk about that jacket from the bull rider mm-hmm. what what gap is that filling then for instance, i mean as an example
0: well, what we got from his his story is uh we we learned not just about the jacket. We, we got his full story. So he shared with us photos of days when he was in the rodeo. Uh, we uh, did an interview with him. I got to learn about how he, exactly how he wore it, uh, what some of the wear uh, wear marks on, on it, uh, where they came from. So all of that. Uh, and it filled. So in addition to being able to tell us the story, uh, helped us to connect with rodeo and to, um, to fill that kind of niche in there. So when I talk about gaps, it could be gaps in the story or if there's a specific gap uh, garment that might be missing in mm-hmm. the collection. So it's both of those things. Yeah.
1: So you're probably never going to be out of a job because they can. there's always going to be <laughs> gaps, right? I mean, that that's, I guess, and, and I was also thinking that this is, you know, this attention to the history of the brand, I mean, or let's say the accurate history, that's a fairly recent thing, right? It's, it's, it started when it started. When was the archive even established?
0: Well, last year uh, was the 30th anniversary of Mm -hmm. the Levi Strauss and company archives. So it was, it was founded in 1989, um, by Bob Haas, so the great great grand nephew of Levi Strauss, our founder mm-hmm. uh, and the last family member to serve as CEO, who recognized the importance of the of the the history of Levi Strauss uh, and what it meant uh, to to business history, to apparel history in general. So he hired the first professional historian, Lynn Downey, my predecessor, who was there for almost 25 years. And although there were items that had been at the company for quite a while, Calico is one you mentioned, uh, Homer is another uh, one mm-hmm. that that has been in at the company since 1920. There wasn't a professional um archives that had been established where everything could be uh, pulled together in the archives. So it's been now 30 that we're going on to the 31st year uh, uh, and uh, having a professional be able to uh, come in and help us uh, help the company uh, verify the things as we talked about before was one one important reason to establish it and all of the other reasons that we use it from inspiring designers to um, being able to share and, and build partnerships with people who come in and visit with us.
1: Previously, I've uh, interviewed Britt Eaton, uh, one of the denim hunters out there that goes into mines and all this stuff. Um, is is uh, And I have a few questions for you uh, in relation to what what he, what he does and, and, and people like him. Um, so how do you work with, with guys like Britt if, if you work with them?
0: Well, I haven't worked specifically with Brett. Uh, we do so. If you're talking about how do we get things in the collection, it it, it comes on a case by case basis. And if someone gets in touch with us and and uh, tells us they've got something interesting, then then I uh, I want to know more and um, and take it take it from there. Uh, thankfully, there have been. Um, a lot of discoveries, a lot of them before my time. Some still happening. This piece that I mentioned that came from the Klondike, uh, from a, a couple who uh, owned, uh, still owns a placer client claim up in that region, and discovered this very early uh, 201, two oh one Levi's pair, pair of two oh ones, and uh, and was able to add that to our archives. So there, uh, you know, it, it it's. Working with people, understanding their story, and uh, learning the the provenance of, of the pieces, and and where they come from.
1: So, so what about um what about Japan? You know, it's I guess it's common knowledge for at least for denim heads that uh, a lot of your <laughs> quote unquote your jeans, the Levi's jeans, they will they and, and the vintage ones they are they're in Japan. Um, what do you? How do you work with with collectors out there? Uh, I mean, is it something that you you aren't going to try and and get some of the stuff that you might want in, in the collection? Or what's it like?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, let me say thank you to, to I, I'm so grateful that, that there were such passionate uh, Levi's collectors in Japan, or we would not have a lot of the things that we do. And mm-hmm. I have spent a lot of time with, uh, with, with folks in the, the vintage shops in Harajuku and, and the like. Uh, in fact, I was today uh, responding to an email that came out of uh, Japan uh, in a project that we're working on then. So, um, we work as partners. We've, we've had pieces that have come from there. Absolutely. Um, some of our dead stock and, and other amazing pieces have, have come from those, um, vintage stores and, and collectors and absolutely uh, happy to continue to work with them. And they have a love of the details, uh, that is really, um, probably surpassed by no one. I mean, they, they know so much uh, and I love being able to share and learn from them really with, with all of their knowledge and, and their, um, their expertise as well. So thanks. Thanks for asking.
1: So um, I was going back to that, uh, that earthquake and fire. And, and I just mm-hmm. wanted your take on, because it, it obviously it, it's, it's an important event in, in the history of, of Levi's and, and thereby the history of, of genes Um what do you think it would be like today? I mean, and of course, it, it, this is all you know. Uh, we don't know, so so it's, it's your guess is as good as any. But if that earthquake and fire hadn't happened, do you think it would be the same today with Levi's and and, and, and the you know what it is and the attention to vintage stuff?
0: Well, uh, it's an interesting question, Thomas. I'm not sure if it affects if the earthquake affected the um, the interest in vintage, but it certainly um, maybe to the extent that it's uh, there's there are fewer pieces than might have mm-hmm. been, and maybe that's what you're you're referring to. Uh, the if there hadn't been an earthquake. Um, th- I would love, actually, it would be amazing because we would have a lot of the details we don't. Uh, not just the, the garments, but we would, we would know and have a materials um, yeah. more than we do related to our founder himself we have just a handful of photos of him for instance so there are there there are a lot of ramifications of uh you know what 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 would have happened but um one of the things we're lucky f- about today and and one of the thing one of the values i believe of having a professional archives and actually digitizing it in the way that we did uh when i came on board is that mm. we we have a backup <laughs> So let's say, let's say that we, something happen would happen to, to the collection that we have. We would at least have, uh, photos now, you know, we would never want that to happen, but, uh, Sanf- California and certainly Northern California is known for wildfires. And we went through a number of those recently and, uh, you, you may or may not have read in the paper about a fire that swept through uh, Northern California and, uh, there, there were, uh, Archives of early Hewlett Packard hmm. papers that were destroyed in the fire, uh, and, and that's relatively recent uh, Silicon Valley history and the ram- ramifications of that. Some of it was not um, backed up, uh, or at least um, digitized in the way that I'm talking. So, uh, when when I think about you know what what might happen, um, I'm happy that we at least have uh, alternate ways of being able to look at what we have from our collection. And especially today, uh, given the circumstances of us not being able to be together in the same way, uh, thank goodness uh, I've been sharing some of the photographs uh, from our digital tool uh, with our designers so they can still do their work, even if they can't do the hands-on that they're used to by being in our archives. But
1: I was also thinking about, you know, the whole, the whole uh, you know, interest in vintage Um With with denim and and I mean you 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 work for the company that that well started making riveted uh, blue jeans and and this is this is a reference for a lot of people that are into vintage denim. But what do you think it is with denim that makes it interesting when it's old?
0: Well, there are several things. They're they're really a time capsule. They are and they're incredible the way they wear. So. The And I mentioned that I, I love stories. It's what brought me into history. And uh, it's one of the reasons I love denim and blue jeans is they are able to tell a story in the way that other garments cannot because of the way that denim wears. Uh, so I can look at a pair of, uh, of early Levi's. I can tell you if, if the person was right or left-handed because of where the wear marks are. Uh, I can uh, tell what what a a person might have had in their pocket. Maybe it was a pocket watch, and I can still see the circular outline of the pocket watch in the in the tiny front pocket. Or uh, in the case of Steve Jobs's five oh ones, the the outline of the wallet that was in his back pocket uh, that uh, is before the i the iPod or the. Uh, right. his phone. So I would have known it, it had to be a wallet, but all of those unique features that there's some amazing pieces that we have. One of my favorites uh, that comes from uh, Colorado with um, with the shadow of a pair of leather chaps that was worn over the top. And you can still make out the the lines of those chaps. You would not see that uh, if it wasn't uh, on denim and the way that it, uh, it wears uh, and tells something about the person who wore it. So you get you get the, the story, the personal story, and it could be one person. It might be several. It might be several people uh, who wore uh, a pair of, of our riveted overalls, and maybe we see the knee marks showing up in different places. And uh, all of those things just bring a richness to a pair of, of uh, riveted pants that that makes them pretty amazing.
1: hmm Right, right. So um, we are slowly getting to uh, to the end of this interview. Actually, already. Um, well, I did get a listener question in, actually, from um, a Captain Gene on Instagram, and um, and he's asking if um, if you can uh, propose models to reproduce for for Levi's vintage clothing, and mm. if. You can, have you done it?
0: Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I work very closely with our lead designer from Levi's Vintage Clothing, Paul O'Neill. And mm. uh, we work very much as partners. So uh, he he has a clear vision about what he wants to do. But we uh, one of the things that we do together is I am always sharing what the new additions are. And uh, they often become uh, what will be a piece that's the inspiration for uh for the new reproduction. Uh, one example that comes to mind is the, uh, the, the Levi's, uh, the Levi Strauss jacket that was, uh, worn by Albert Einstein I was at the Christie's auction in London in 2016 uh, and was there to be able to make the the winning bid on it but but the fun the fun backstory to that is uh, I'd given Paul the designer uh, we'd talked about this this auction and he was in San Francisco I was in London at the auction and he recorded it on his phone and then he sent it to me afterward he was as eager uh, to get the piece mm-hmm. as I was knowing that it would be the the perfect piece to reproduce as part of the Levi's vintage clothing line. So yeah, we, we definitely work together, selecting pieces that will be models. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So so there's also, I mean, obviously a a commercial aspect of it that you can, and and, and not commercial in sort of the negative connotation of the word, but that you can go out and find something that you can reproduce and, and, and put out there for people to actually wear again.
0: Correct. And it's, there, there's certainly that aspect of, of wearing it again. There's also the, uh, being able to, to tell our history in a new way and really, um, be able to reinforce the idea that, uh, that, you know, we were, that Levi Strauss and company was the first to make these riveted overalls. And, uh, here's, we we still do so and and here's an example of that so it's a great way to 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 tell our story and history and uh yeah as you as you say to give people the chance to wear a bit of that history
1: so um well this uh actually sadly already brings us uh, to the end of the interview at this point um so I only have one question left and uh I ask this to all my guests on the podcast and um and since since you I mean usually I, I it's actually directed at at people you know privately but I think in your case let's make it that it, it it's for your office for 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 the archives so so the question is this if the archives is burning <laughs> and everyone's safe outside all your colleagues everyone what would you then rush back in to get I am and assume. I mean, that, let's say that okay, it's fireproof. You're gonna say, huh, Thomas, you stupid. It's fireproof. <laughs> right.
0: that's why we keep that fireproof safe in there, right? So we, we can make sure. So knowing that those, <laughs> so if we're talking about everything outside of the fireproof uh, safe, it would be it would be a tough call. Uh, yeah. Thomas to to choose one piece. It it might be the Einstein jacket. It could be um, an early, a very, one of our very early pieces that we have. Uh, I think that, that uh, I'm lucky to be able to choose from so many. Uh, I would likely go for, for one of our older pieces, but knowing that we keep a lot of that in the safe, I would feel a little, at least a little bit comfortable, but everyone, I think the story for me is that uh, most Every piece that's in there is really something important to us and something that we'd want to preserve. Uh, and if I had to choose one, it would be pretty. It would be pretty tough, uh, especially if I if I knew. And, and maybe it comes down to what could I put on my back? So if I if I could like yeah. put on the jacket, pull something on and run out, um, then it might be the Einstein jacket. It might be an eighteen hundreds pair of uh, riveted overalls, five o ones, obviously that that could at least help us tell the story if all else was lost.
1: Nice. Well. So, um, so that was it Tracy that's um, we are at the end of this uh, interview right. now so um, once again uh, this has been a pleasure and uh, I'm so thankful that you took the time to come on the podcast with me uh, I learned uh, some things that I didn't know and um, but uh, before I let you go let's direct the listeners to where they can find out more about you about what you do about the archives everything so uh, please share where listeners can get in touch and and learn more
0: yeah you can uh you can follow me on twitter uh at tracy panic you can look at our blog unzip the levi strauss and company unzip blog i do regular posts usually on thursdays uh you can also just go to our uh either the levi's uh website or levi strauss com and, and learn a bit more about our our history and uh thank you for having me it's been a pleasure thomas
1: You've made it to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a future episode. And if you want to get more content about denim, go to denimhunters.com.